Hey guys, welcome back to Jib and Jew. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> What's new with you? Same old, same old, same old. Getting out of lockdown soon, hopefully. Hopefully in a month. And mm-hmm. you know what? I've ordered so many bikinis. <laughs> and it's not even fully Running summer ahead, yet, but I'm prepared. I, like I am prepared. Um, <laughs> I also made an order for two martini glasses. I don't know. I'm just ordering my life for you. You know what, Andrew? It's it sounds entertaining like me. You need a financial advisor. Funnily enough, I do. we have one on this very episode, don't Stroke we? Stop it. Stop. <laughs> we invited Angie onto this podcast and she's Angie, going to talk to us saint. all about investing, cryptocurrency, the stock market, Saving up. Yes. GameStop, the whole shenanigans that happened over there. The one mm. thing she's not going to talk to us about is printing more money. And I know that's a question that I especially <laughs> wanted the answer to. You, let's um, just emphasize that now. It's what you wanted to know. <laughs> And it's what's going to hold me at the end. (laughs) And then she told me she's not much, that's more economics. I didn't know there was a difference. I thought it was all money. It was all the same thing. Now we know. not. Now we know. Yeah, yeah, it was quite an educational episode today, wasn't it? I'm going to re-listen to this like five times. I'm telling you this now, but this is going to be my I don't think it'll make a difference. I don't think it'll help. um, (laughs) No, we're one step closer to becoming rich and hot and and successful. And famous. Yes. 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 Don't feel bad if by the end of this podcast you still don't understand much about investing because let me tell you I think I mentioned this during the podcast but I am more confused now than I was at the beginning however it feels like an like informed confusion, informed confusion yeah yeah, yeah. You know, like a knowledgeable like brain cells were like yeah. they didn't multiply but they worked out <laughs> and now they have muscle that's how it they kind have of muscle does. They're really built, yeah. 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 Oh my god, I like that. <laughs> That's yeah, really sad. I, I'm so good with analogies, just not with money. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right, let's get into it. See you guys there. Oh wait, by the way, guys, what? I just wanted to let you know, this is sadly going to be our last and final episode. Stop it. Of the series. Yeah, he's not joking. We're back for season two. Don't worry, guys. We're going to revamp. I'm going to order some actual podcast yeah. because I know a lot of you guys. <laughs> about the volume differences between me and Hanju or should I say Hanju and it's I it's all your fault but um please yeah. yeah no we'll be back for season two the date is yet to be determined TBD but we're thinking maybe in a few weeks max month we'll be back we'll be back with a bigger surprise but yes. we can't tell you yet we can't tell you mainly because again we don't know what the surprise will be <laughs> they don't need to know that they, they don't need, need to know that, that. yeah sorry yeah yeah something but huge yeah. is coming anyway here is Angie and our fantastic episode Woo! about investing Slangy, introduce yourself to the audience that we have that are no longer our parents only. <laughs> hey, I'm Angie. I'm an analyst uh, in working in financial services. I studied at Macquarie University, um, a Bachelor of Commerce, majoring in Woo-hoo! marketing. Yeah, and <laughs> lockdown hobbies, I guess. Lots of walks within my 11 oh. five kilometer radius. Binging all of Netflix. And, yes, yes, I can relate. And I impulsively bought an electric guitar, which is yet <laughs> oh, to my show house. Show us! <laughs> it's not complete yeah. until you've impulsively bought something, right? Unfortunately, Ozpost has been horrendous these oh. past couple oh. of weeks. So I still have not received it, but... I'm very excited. What are they doing? Yeah, hopefully I'll actually get to use it before lockdown ends. You have a month. You have a month. We'll see. We're yeah. praying. <laughs> okay. Andrew, wow. So we've brought you here against your own will <laughs> because we have zero knowledge <laughs> about finance and investing. And everyone's telling us, everyone's telling me in Toronto, our parents, our 
friends, you've got to start investing now. You're in your 20s. If you don't start now, you know, you're going to be broke and poor forever. But we have no idea how to start. When we say zero mm. knowledge, we don't mean like a baseline. <laughs> we mean zero knowledge. So I'm going to ask zero. you questions that you can imagine and I genuinely mean Jabran will be asking you the dumb okay, questions okay I'm gonna ask I'll be asking you the semi there are no dumb questions like we will go start somewhere and like I'm sure if I didn't take that one finance course at uni that kind of like spurred everything for me um I definitely like would be totally in the dark as well oh perfect that makes me feel a little bit perfect. better about myself okay yeah, so like my number one void. question right you know how like we're in debt I guess who are we in debt to <laughs> Damon, um, that's probably so more <laughs> that's probably more an economic question than like a uh investing finance question. <laughs> oh my god, we're at a rough start, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um other countries and it's also sort of from my understanding, it's why you can't print more money. <laughs> I, that was of... my second question. Why can't <laughs> that was print his more burning money? question? That's yeah. my number one um, question. Because I've heard that. If, if I if I did like a full fledged finance degree or economics degree, if you ask that question, I'm sure they'll have like a, a perfect answer to that. And it would kind of be like don't print more money so we don't have Weimar Germany situation or Zimbabwe <laughs> issue. Like <laughs> Jibran's, for those Jibran's of us not alive, like... what the Zimbabwe <laughs> is, what is the Zimbabwe issue? So isn't it like, oh like a billion Zimbabwe dollars is like 10 bucks? Right, see, yeah, okay, this is huge, where I want to stop. Issue. Because I know, I know this much, right, thank God. But I know that if we print more money, then there's this thing called hyperinflation. I think I learned that in high school. Yeah. So I know that much, right? The thing is, the next question I have then is, why don't we just not tell anyone about that we can do <laughs> If no one knows and no one finds out, that's all I'm saying. Like, how do we know other countries haven't done other it? Other countries find out, yeah. How? That's a good question. But I'm sure that they'll find out because we have great journalists. Yeah, it decreases the ultimate value of, like, the money. Yeah. In but comparison to other currencies. That's only if we tell people. Yes, Gibran. Good luck on that. <laughs> Anyway, I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on. It's just, it's just a thought. <laughs> Angie was like, I'm not an expert, but clearly amongst three of us today, you are the expert. <laughs> Very much not the expert. That's why I was like, oh, so worried. Because when it comes to uh, personal finance, mm-hmm. we talk about micro-investing apps, if we talk about... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, that's what I wanted to get yeah, on today. Like, but I thought we'd get rid um, of the dumbest cost-saving measures. I have tips and knowledge that I required there. Yeah. In terms of, like, the economy and, like, actual... Don't like, worry about that. ...finance. Yeah. That would be like applicable to investment banking or anything like that. I would have zero clue. But <laughs> I actually found finance one day really engaging. And I studied that mm-hmm. at Macquarie. It actually really insightful class in terms of understanding the time value of money, how everything compounds over time mm. um and it got me really passionate about investing so it was only in like 2019 when I took that class that I really started wow. to like actively think about investing right okay so That's amazing I think we should then move on to investing my first question is what is an S&P 500 well it's the top 500 most valuable companies essentially it's just like the 500 generally the 500 mm-hmm. largest companies mm-hmm. that are traded on the US stock engine yeah so why, um, why does everyone tell us to invest in an S&P 500 like I've seen so many videos on TikTok and stuff and saying you should do that so the first reason is because diversification these companies if you invest in something like an ETF exchange traded (laughs) so probably go back a step there (laughs) so probably the easiest way to invest in S&P 500 is via an ETF an exchange traded fund which is essentially a form of security basically it's a bunch of stocks so 
or a security mm-hmm. that like attracts a bunch of like stock they all have like a sort of genre so it could be like a one for oil or one for mm-hmm. uh, tech or one for S&P 500 500 largest company the diversification benefit there um, and mm-hmm. also the fact that you know they're large companies so generally they're quite reputable but it's less likely that one of them mm-hmm. is going to like go bankrupt tomorrow um, right. and if right. one them does then you at least have 499 that you know are like still fucking <laughs> along just fine yeah yeah it's the easiest way to, or one of the easiest ways to get into investing without right. suffering from too much choice still does uh, paralysis kind of go through the S&P 500 route or is it like they just pick <clears throat> a stock that they like and then invest in that stock yeah so a lot of yes. people do pick like random stocks here or there that they um that they think will do well and they choose to directly invest in those mm-hmm. shares then there are other people that pick purely etfs there's pros and cons for both a lot of people actually do both so i do both for example you get benefits from both if you invest directly and that stock does really well you know you get all the gains from that stock on the other hand if it does really badly then you sort mm-hmm. of have no buffer to back to no sort of buffer. support you so you have nothing else to lean on whereas if oh, you were right. to invest in the yeah. S&P 500 one of your stocks that does badly you've got a whole bunch of other right, ones okay. that will do it okay um, okay so since we're on that topic I've heard people talk about passive investing versus active investing could you tell us a little bit more about the differences and what worked for you in terms of picking the companies did you gravitate towards the ones that you had more appeal on or did you just um stick to the safe ones and how did you know that they were the safe ones to go to yeah um so active and passive investing i guess is sort of hard to distinguish because in order to actually Mm. become like a passive investor or to get to a level where you have like a passive income that is significant there is a Mm. lot of like investing a lot of work that's done beforehand to get to that stage right Um, so we weren't worried about about that now Probably, probably not. Um, yeah. But there, there are ways to build that. Like people set up businesses, like online businesses, all the time, um, mm. and they do a lot of the groundwork at the start to get that business in a good place, and then it sort of runs itself over time. Yeah, and then you can do the same thing with property in a way, um, which is why I like like mom and dad getting into the property market, especially if you live in Sydney, um, because that's probably like one of the easiest ways to develop a passive income. Not one of the easiest, but one of the most common ways mm. to develop a passive income. I'm yeah. guessing like oh, investing right. in the S&P 500 is another form of passive way to invest and to gain income, right? Um, in it, I wouldn't say that that's passive income. It just because there's not really any income at the start unless you're getting a dividend stock, sorry. A dividend is for exactly. <laughs> So, so there's two types of stocks that are like the most common, I want to say. And generally, you've got your growth stocks, which are like tech stocks that like boom, and um, and then they're quite volatile. They can like, especially on the US exchange, they can like jump by five percent overnight. And then you've got your dividend stocks, which generally don't move. Uh, they're quite stable. So what's um, investing in them then? Because they uh, give out a dividend. Bank stocks, generally, I would say, are dividend stocks. So they'll, oh. they won't move that much um, over the years. They will, yeah, give a di- dividend out something like 5%. So oh, you might okay. get like five bucks back at the end of the year or every quarter, something like that. Mm. 
Right, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, and that would be pa- a passive income because you bought the stuff, you don't have to do anything there, and they just give you out five bucks, say thank you for having some partial ownership in our company. Oh, like, um, I was going to say bondage. It's not bondage. Bond, bonds, right? Bonds? Because <laughs> my mom... Yeah, I think... Yeah, it's, it's like a raffle, I think. I think a bond is... I was thinking about something else when you said yeah, that. Yeah, that came to... <laughs> it's not bondage. It's, it's like, wow, bond, what topic Bonding or bonds or something like that. <laughs> no, no, but there's like a raffle and then she gets like £25 or something like that because they say thank you for having money with us or something like that. I don't, I don't, I don't pay attention, but yeah. Yeah, it's like a thank you for choosing to invest in our company sort of thing. Mm. I had some friends friends who had some questions about some apps so the question was what are your thoughts on sharpies or superhero and have you used those apps before um, when investing mm, um i haven't heard of what was the first one was it sharpies yeah i haven't heard of that one either i've yeah. never heard of that one before. Um, <laughs> i haven't been actively looking at any um in a little while i think all right. of last year it was like a big year for um for small investors so that's when I was like actively like hunting down all the all the biggest mm. deals. um but a superhero I have heard of um they're just like another micro investing app mm. but interestingly they are I think backed by Afterpay Afterpay is venture capital right. some venture interesting capital. Yeah, so um, venture capital is where these institutions, uh, venture capital funds that uh, invest in smaller companies like startups, oh, okay. um, if they think they have like potential. Oh, yeah, okay, to okay, go okay, yeah, so I think Superhero um, mm-hmm. was backed. That's yes. interesting. Also, <laughs> yeah. um, my friends, like, it's, it's not Sharpies, it's Sharesies. <laughs> Yeah, shares I still haven't shares heard ease. of that one. Okay, no. cool. That's good then. I, I, I think I know, but don't make me try to explain it. But what is an ISA? Uh, an ISA? Yeah. Oh, is that not, not an Australian thing? I, I haven't heard of it. Yeah, I'll, I'll describe the concept as best as I can. But um, mm-hmm. for, I think in the UK or I think in America or something, an ISA is basically you get £20,000 or something like that. And it's tax-free, I think. So you can invest with it and you don't have to pay tax with it. Oh, yeah. Um, so the US has like a similar concept. I think it's called a mm-hmm. Roth IRA. Um, unfortunately, we don't have anything like that. Um, oh, okay. We just have super. So, so I all think your thing, investing money yeah, is tax. Yes. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, it, it does suck, but um, uh, it is what it is. So, for those of I us who like, have ISIS, me, how would you recommend <laughs> me to invest in? Like, would it be. Would it be, like, I'd say, beneficial for me to invest if I have that £20,000 that is non-taxable? Um, it depends on what your investing goals are. Um, Where do you see yourself <laughs> in 20 years, Gibran? Yeah. I don't know. Um, 40 years. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I don't want to give any, like, investing advice. You can give, like, hypothetical because, advice. Like, <laughs> like, hypothetically, you should do this. Or, like, do you I, can, I can talk about my, like, personal situation yeah, yeah. which yes yeah. I think that's so good. and then just yeah, to hypothetically so, if I had an ISA like how would it go because I'm genuinely curious um, Santa Claus I think you gotta go at a financial advisor it's being me and I think get some <laughs> professional advice yeah so in, in my particular case like I for last year was under the uh government super co-contribution uh, threshold so not many people know this but it's something like if you earned less than forty thousand dollars 
um, in the financial year or you think that you're going to earn less than $40,000 within the financial year, um, if you contribute $1,000 to your super, the government will chuck in a free $500 um, as an incentive. I've heard of that, yeah. Yeah, you know, like that's uh, a good way to get basically an easy $500. The only downside is that um, you have to obviously put in the $1,000 first and you don't get access to that $1,000. Oh, you can't take it out? No, you can't take it out before you're something like 65 until you're of the age where you can get that <laughs> your super. I know, that it's crazy. Scam. That is a scam. That is fraud. Oh, my God. But okay, it's a good so- way to get people to put a little bit more into their super yeah and depending on like what your personal situation is like if you need that thousand dollars now then that or you think you might need it tomorrow um then probably not a good thing to put it in there but if you've got like a random thousand dollars lying around um and you know you're not really (laughs) like many people you're just like you know uh rolling in dough um Mm. yeah if you chuck in a thousand dollars it's a free five hundred dollars and i think because we're also young like our um the compounding effect from putting in a thousand dollars now is like going to be massive when like you pull it out in like when you're 65 what if you're dead by then like what where does the money go yeah it's the assumption that we won't be but also if we thought like that all the time then like what's the point of like working no but that's like a genuine question like if if someone has all this money in the Hmm. made up you know stock you write down you write down what percentage you want it to go ah better. right okay like in your will you put down you can put it in a will but yeah when you do your super deeds you well, can nominate you a anyway. oh okay oh okay that's fine so no one will just like <laughs> fuck them up and just won't eat it like they won't steal it or anything right like it'll go no. somewhere. Uh, i have another question what is a broker i mean it's just, like if we're talking about an insurance broker or a mortgage broker or a, For, uh, uh, um i'm not entirely 100 percent sure because i haven't ever used one to use I one think, in order to invest don't you i guess um, in a way they yeah. are. like my understanding of them is like from wall street when like he's calling up the people and he's yeah. like oh would you like to put five thousand dollars into this like really shitty company that basically doesn't exist and they're like oh i don't know and he's like you know like trying to sell the um stock yeah. to these people on the phone and he's an insurance broker because he's like third party like he doesn't work for that third company he's just like being the the middleman in terms of mm-hmm. um oh so they're brokering like, like that deal my, yeah. my cousin told me like um you need to it's like an app or something like these apps i think you guys were talking about like... oh yeah so i think that's like the modern day version and i think oh, right. okay. most people um that are like like retail retail investors i think that's what they're called yeah basically just like uh small people like us not like um big institutional firms that are purchasing this stuff yeah yeah, we're just like retail investors and um yeah you can just buy stocks through um brokers like investment brokers um yeah i heard um cmc's like an account a brokerage account you can use or self-wealth is the cheapest brokerage oh yeah costs yeah for australian account. stocks yeah i know a lot of people yeah. who use self wealth i haven't bought enough from australian stocks to use okay. self wealth um oh. yeah i You're only have patriotic. one <laughs> <laughs> i just this, this sounds really bad but i just kind of see the asx wow. as like small fish um oh, okay yeah small fish. so 
yeah, I read something that it said basically like the if you were to count up all the the value of every firm on the ASX, it would mm-hmm. still be less than the value of Apple. Oh, yeah. Ouch. So, um, <laughs> no judgment. Yeah. Ouch. Ouch. So, yeah, that's why I see the ASX sort of like as small fish. And now with like all these micro investing apps that make it possible to invest um, in the US, I prefer to invest in the US. Mm. I heard a quote, don't hold a stock for 10 minutes unless you're willing to hold it for 10 years on YouTube. And apparently it's this whole idea that, you know, don't get caught up in the short term movement. Like it's impossible to know what, how the stocks are going to go, but it's a very reliable get rich long-term scheme, not a get rich short-term scheme. Um, What was your experiences like with the whole buying and reselling and the whole patience game? Like how did that work for you at the very start compared to now? Um, I think the hardest thing for me was to get started in investing. Like I was so worried that I put in like, you know, X amount of money and I'd lose it instantly. Yeah. I think that's why it took me up until start of 2020 to like buy my first stock. And funnily enough, like kind of did disappear instantly because (laughs) I bought the March crash. Um, But luckily my laziness did me a favor. If you're, if you're really, really lazy, investing is perfect for you because I even though it looked like I had lost all my money overnight because like March crash 2020 um, happened I was too lazy to pull out and I ended up Mm. actually buying it kind of like a really great time Um, I think the only better time would have been like right in the middle of the crash to buy Um, Mm. but I bought right before so it was still like quite close to that price so yeah but like now like you know especially since like over 2020 like the markets like improved significantly all of my stocks have done really well because I did most of my investing um, in the middle of 2020 I'm in a good spot and I've never sold a stock all my stuff is positive Um, yeah I don't worry anymore about I feel like going through the, probably like the worst financial crash has like <laughs> happened in our time um, yeah. and surviving that has sort of like numbed me from any sort of like market fluctuations. So oh now like, you know, like I could see like if, if my stocks did like a, mm. if I, I lost 5% overnight or I lost half mm-hmm. overnight, like it wouldn't raise any alarm bells for me mm. because I've, I've seen worse and I survived it and I know that it went up. So You're, you're yeah. so detached now. You're like, <laughs> come at me welcome back from the break guys so angie this is going to be a bit of a loaded question right i apologize in advance (laughs) how how do stocks go up like because okay i just want to clarify in my mind and in, in a lot of people's minds the stock market is imaginary. Like it's not real. Let's be honest. It's a con- it's a concept. An invisible right? hand. So how does it go up? Like what determines it to go up? Um, sentiment, buying and selling. Um, so basically, <laughs> it's it, it really is just down to like how people feel about it. But like that doesn't make any sense because everyone loves Apple, right? So then why hasn't Apple's stocks just kept going up? But they have kept going up. But did they? No, it does go. It does. It does go down some days. Um, yeah. But if you actually look at over time, like it skyrocketed. Basically, it just comes down to how people feel about it. So some people think that Apple, you know, they've uh, lost their innovation, uh, like, you know, their innovation streak, and then yeah, and then they said, okay, I think 
Apple has like reached its peak and it's time for me to sell. And then they sell. And if a whole bunch of people sell in large enough volume, and stop right if people lots of people like hey actually i think apple's like gonna do really well like over time i think i'm gonna mm-hmm. buy some apple then like stock price goes up right okay that kind of makes sense um yeah. yeah my next question was and i hope you i hope you know about this do you know gamestop yes <laughs> <laughs> well, okay judging from judging your by that reaction <laughs> <laughs> tell me Okay, shall I tell you what I know so far, or do you want to just, like, explain it? I didn't follow that mania, like, closely enough to um, provide commentary on it. All I know is that that, that's not investing to me. Oh, it's not? I consider that trading and gambling. Oh, my God, there's a difference. (laughs) Yeah, I I see investing as, like, long-term decision-making or, like, decision-making that you make for long-term gains. Why was GameStop... The the actions that were taken by the majority of people who bought or sold GameStop during that, like, craziness um, earlier this year are for short-term gains. And, uh, like, my by my own personal definition, I would not consider that investing. I would call that trading. And you, do you yeah. know what happened with the GameStop by any chance? No. Nope. Not Oh, my God, I know something. I'm okay. <laughs> I'll try to explain it and just correct me if I'm wrong. I don't even know where to begin. So, basically, it's like this stock, right? And I think it's a shop. I don't know. But it's this GameStop stock. People, I think millionaires or something were, like, buying the stock and then like selling it at a lower price so they make a profit I don't know how that works and then I think Mm. people got generally annoyed at that so they ended up buying more of GameStop stock try saying that in a sentence six times oh I saw this I remember this yeah and then then the millionaires like were like well crap well how do we get our money back now oh yeah it was a massive thing yeah I remember seeing it on and then they had to ask for a bailout which I didn't understand why because if I went into debt I can't ask for a bailout so that doesn't make any sense yeah it was very unfair the millionaires were in the form of hedge funds which I think is Mm. why it was like such a big deal because it was institutions versus retail investors and everyone loves Mm -hmm. a good story about like the The big guy versus the little guy and the little guy winning Mm. Yeah, so it was just like the retail investors, in quotation marks, yeah, who were winning in this case, or at least the initial people who acted, or who acted at the right time. Because, yeah, I know people did gain off this blip in our history, um, but I also know a lot of people who lost money because they held on for too long or they bought at the wrong time. And mm. all, yeah. But how does it work where you, I know you said it's trading, but like how, how does it work like generally? Because it's like, it's the same stock market that you're doing it on. So like, how does it work where you, you buy a stock and then you sell it for a lower price? I think there was an analogy someone gave me. So it's like, you have, you have, if for example, Angie, you have five pencils and then I buy one pe- pencil off you for like a pound, right? And then now this is where it gets tricky. Oh, and then I sell that pencil for two pound and then I buy two pencils for one pound. I don't know how it works. I'm sorry. Just correct me. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. Was I close? Um, do you mean just like buying and selling at like different like prices? Like what, what the hedge like... funds were doing at GameStop? Like what exactly, how did they make a loss? Like what were they doing? I think they, yeah. So they shorted it. Yeah. Shorted which it. is Right. What does that mean? it's basically like uh saying something like i think that this stock is going to do really badly in the future and then basically like shorting is like one way of like betting that a stock's going to do really badly 
um, mm. or the price is going to fall like within X amount of time. Yeah, you can make money from doing that. Like it's a really quick way to get win lots of money, but also lose lots of money um, because the I think the you can only short within volumes of like 10, 100, sorry, stop. So like wh- whatever decision you make is compounded by 100 because that's the smallest oh. volume that you can short in. So if the stock like actually soars up. Yeah, carry on. If, if the stock goes up by like five bucks, right. um, mm-hmm. then five bucks times by 100, you've lost. That's like a really, really bad example. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't, I don't have any other simpler way of explaining it, mainly because what I never wish to participate in shorting is mm-hmm. much too risky for me to ever try by myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to it's just isn't something that I I personally think that um, mm. anyone who is not a professional investor should. Right. Okay. Makes sense. Oh, it's so scary, like losing five hundred dollars. How did they kind yeah. of rally together though? Like, how did they skyrocket the stock for GameStop? Using Reddit. Viral? Yeah. Reddit. It's yeah but how how did they gather everyone? Like, was there a meeting? I think they just yeah. <laughs> I think it was just I like I think they the just jumped on the bandwagon like just yeah and team. some guy was like I'm gonna put down like a million bucks or something crazy yeah and then everyone why don't they just do like, that for oh, all yeah. every all the hedge fund people like why don't they just attack all the stock that the hedge fund people are exploiting because not everyone has oh, that money much money right. yeah yeah <laughs> I forgot about that and there are, it, there are yeah, so many companies was, yeah I think it's a much easier for things to go viral in terms of like social media if it was like liking or sharing like a video because that's free but when it comes Mm -hmm. to like asking people to part with their money Mm -hmm. for a cause that isn't like charity or something noble like a bit harder i know what i'm getting brown for for your christmas present just like a book (laughs) (laughs) finance (laughs) exactly angie do you realistically think if me and jabran started today started investing in stocks today in 40 years something will compound and become 150k we get there compound to 150k by the end of 40 years um but what's your yeah what's your initial deposit um i have no idea i saw this on youtube i was like the guy was like do it now i've seen so many of these people on youtube they're like like, when you're 18 and then you just like invest like i think it's 500 pound 200 pound a month or something like that you can be a millionaire when you're 40. Yeah. Is that that's true? That's probably true. Yeah. Excuse me. Probably. I, I do use the term probably because I don't know what you're investing in and we don't know what's going to happen in 40 years. But, for example, then, um, if, I, if I invest in S&P 500 for 10 years and I invest £200 a month, I could be a millionaire. I don't know the maths off the top of my head, but um, I'm sure that you would get somewhere. You would get very wealthy from doing that. Yeah. Oh, no, I've never done this before. <laughs> I Wait, know, I have like, a question then. Working. Um, mm-hmm. This is my final question, by the way. So I've heard a lot of people saying that if you save all your money to a savings account, like in the bank, right, and you have a savings account, mm-hmm. you're actually technically losing money. Whereas if you invest mm-hmm. that yes. money, you can gain more money. I so, don't think that's true. I call cap, but I just want to hear <laughs> Yes. So when money sits in uh, a bank account, it mm-hmm. is losing money because you're not putting it anywhere where it's gaining money when it's sitting in a bank it's it's not working for you um it's not getting the only yeah the only interest you're getting is bank interest which is like mm-hmm. what like yeah, a couple of dollars yeah. like mm-hmm. every month max whereas like if you were to put that in you know a into your super or into an investment account that can grow over time and that's like working for you and also we we know that inflation is roughly like two to three percent year on year 
um and because we keep telling everyone yeah (laughs) yeah so it's a conspiracy theory yeah (laughs) so over time like like for example right now if you were to like pull out your money in your bank and you have like a thousand dollars you might be able to get a hundred liters of milk but if (laughs) there's a stock market like it takes into account inflation i'm guessing or does it just how does that work i'm like relying on telepathy hoping she'll understand me because my words aren't (laughs) communicating what i want to ask we're just so stunned in in this whole (laughs) i think i think inflation affects everything money related but like you said it doesn't affect the bank like you know if if inflation happens and i'll i'm technically losing money right so if i if i invest the same money into the stock market does that is that just growth in general or is it just does it take into account inflation and does it grow depending on that as well um that's a good question I, i'm not entirely sure oh. <laughs> Ron, I, I i spaced out when you asked the question <laughs> <laughs> I went I went somewhere okay, I just think that yeah, yeah like all, all money like takes into account inflation mm-hmm. um I guess like it's not something that everyone like really factors in yeah. unless like the company is in a country that like has high volatility of fluctuation like if that country like if you were trading a stock that like was based in Venezuela or Zimbabwe then like mm-hmm. yeah inflation is like something of concern generally investing in in businesses that are based in countries that uh have more stable economies that have more stable stuff um you don't really have to worry about wait time so to another be question. a sugar baby <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm so sorry i've just got so many questions um so yeah. for example then hypothetically if i had five thousand pounds in the bank right should i do no <laughs> don't answer that question um, please. <laughs> should i then put take that from my savings and put it into an in the magic money world or should i do it monthly like do monthly installments like which one would benefit me be- like better again i think you're asking me for financial advice and i'm not sure <laughs> if i'm able to give that <laughs> um what would you do for example right, you can't get free so, advice like this through the podcast <laughs> this is not for your one-on-one advice but like that's a question that i tried to ask a bunch of people but they just is this kept for you or for the people for the people <laughs> i was gonna call me up in a week are you like, in debt fuck you bitch i lost all my money <laughs> where is she i'm coming to australia <laughs> but what okay what can you tell me like one downside of each then of doing it all in one or and monthly and so okay. downsides uh that uh if, if you were to do it like all in one go like if the stock goes down then you've lost like kind of all of it money yeah right okay but you're not all of it but like if you, you've just like lost a significant portion oh, like- whereas when you you know spread it out over time you're sort of like um, accounting for price fluctuations because right. you don't know whether that's going to like go up or down um tomorrow but if you like spread it out over time where you're more likely to get it at like a price that's fair that actually makes sense oh my god for once i'm actually clued on so uh, my next question sorry again Angie. <laughs> um my next okay. question is then you know the smp this is all i know smp 500 that's all i all i kind of know but um does it like you know how normal stocks they go up and down right that is that just one that's still or is that just like is there a time where it's like down is there a time where it's up where I know when to invest, I guess. I think a lot of people try to time the market, but, you know, if you um, actually manage to do it well, um, Mm -hmm. that's kind of like stuff that day traders. um, Like, because my question is like, you know how on the, like on Apple apps, like you have the the stocks that you can see it's going down. Yeah. But what about like Mm -hmm. the S&P 500? Is there a way I can track that one? Or is that just kind of like its own realm? Wouldn't that also have... 
I'm pretty That's sure that thinking. also has yeah. like, the, the S&P 500. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, like, you just don't know, like, when, like, because even if a price stock is doing, is going up, you don't want to buy it when it's up. You want to buy it. Yeah, um, when it's down, at, right? Like, the best price. Not more than just that. You want to buy it at a price that's fair or below the mark yeah so there's just like no way to like accurately time when is the best time the best time to start oh. is now and to put it in um consistently the only time that i think like it would be a good to like dump all your money in one go uh into uh stock and index fund or any sort of security is when you don't intend on touch or a very very mm. right oh i had one hypothetical question but I another one, one <laughs> is, hypothetical it, question. is it a personal question no 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 this, i think it's more economy <laughs> okay. based so you don't have to answer it but you said how like zimbabwe and all that are like hyperinflation infected but if there was a country that just appeared i don't know if that's able to a country's allowed to just appear i don't know but if someone buys an island for example and then that's like their own country they don't have do they have to abide by the laws of the stock market as well or can they just make their own kind of stock market i think there are some countries that don't even have a stock market because like they just are like not large enough they would need to be recognized as a country first and that involves a whole procedure yeah that, that's your first like, hurdle like um. being a sovereign state like having then, I was thinking, territory like, yeah because i was thinking like um if they do that if there's a country and then they just make their own stock market can they then <laughs> hyperinflation would work to their advantage wouldn't it because they can just keep printing more money not tell anyone or if they tell anyone that's fine but it's their stock but, market so it'll but then they just have to, then everyone in there, like, would have no concept or idea of money. Like, there's nothing oh to benchmark God. off. Like, like if you are printing money every day, like, how are you going to price your milk fairly? Just keep it to a pound. The, the economy students are <laughs> choking right now. <laughs> <laughs> They're sending the police over there. Like, yeah, no. how are you going to price your milk? How are you going to price a house? How are you going to say, how are you going to price anything fairly? Because to oh because then if you buy more oh yeah. okay that makes sense because everything oh, is just dependent on uh market demand you know market buying demand, and selling yeah. How, yeah how people perceive value oh my god that actually makes sense wait i think i figured it out now why we can't print more money so it's because if there's more money then i love this yeah <laughs> then the values of stuff would just go up and everyone would just buy it and then there won't be enough stock for everyone right for example Milk is like a pound, right? Or a dollar. And then that's fine. It's been like that for 10 years, for example. But then hyperinflation mm-hmm. happens and we print a lot of money and now everyone's kind of rich. Is it fair to keep milk the same price as one pound when now everyone will just hoard it? Like the value would go down, right? Or would the, the value milk, go up? Because Milk will be money, more expensive. Yeah. yeah. They would oh. If somebody has, yeah, if somebody has a million dollars and they're like, oh, well, you know, I don't need to, you know, if you... Uh, like they'll be like oh i'll buy that for two two bucks they'll be like i'll buy that for four bucks i'll buy that for five bucks i'll buy that for fifty thousand bucks um because you know if you have like lots of lots of money because you're printing out lots of money and giving it to all your citizens and yeah the stuff the the price would, like go through the roof did you meet yourself Gibran? <laughs> sorry my mom's hoovering downstairs i don't know if you can hear uh, it um, okay okay but okay one question then what if we literally print out loads of money for like one day pay off all the debts that we owe and then bring it back down but why would they do that what benefit to pay off all the debts but to whose benefit i feel like angie's really quiet because either i'm right and no one else has thought of this or i just said something <laughs> so stupid i'm um, hoping it's the former i find it very difficult to follow like the, the trail of logic um, <laughs> 
think about it, right? Yeah, I, I would I get what say, you mean. like, you know, I think these are all great ideas, but it's, like, important to think, like, if this is so easy, why hasn't it been thought of before? What are your thoughts on crypto, cryptocurrency, and is it a good form of investing? I personally don't invest in crypto, but um, I'm actually looking to change that, I think. Um, that is benefit in allocating like a small portion of your portfolio to crypto, mm-hmm. but it is very, very volatile. So I, I'm not one of those people who would like mm-hmm. buy and sell like overnight, um, mm-hmm. even if like something like Bitcoin like soared overnight, um, I still wouldn't sell. <laughs> I'm just like somebody who's so reluctant or so lazy to sell. I have mm. not really any issues with buying. Yeah. But it, yeah, in terms of like crypto, I think that there is some merit. There is definitely a place where over time, I think crypto will become more uh, mm. common. Yeah. yeah so it's definitely like a short term profit compared to like buying stocks and stuff. Maybe it's, it's not a short term profit. Japan yet. Yeah. It, it's a yeah. short term profit if you like sell at a, if you sell at a gain, you, you get a gain from it and then you sell. This is so scary. Oh my God, this whole world. <laughs> I had another question about rates. So, real estate investment trust just came up on my TikTok feed as well. Yeah. Apparently, it's money pulled together with other investors in property. And when tenants pay um, and the property raises in value, you also benefit from it. Start at like $500 or something. I am very, very passionate about real estate investing. But personally, I don't see the value of mm. rates. Um, I oh. don't, yeah, I just don't. But that's like my very personal like opinion of them right. because I think the benefit from real estate is that you can gain from like owning real estate is really from actually like like fully owning it um when you like purchase like a residential or commercial property property directly, mm-hmm. not through like a roof. One, because the gains are like not that big. Um, and two, it's a dividend. I consider it like a dividend fund, but I don't think that the dividend is anything eyebrow raising. But for people who are like ultra conservative investors, mm. yeah, I think like that's the way to go. Okay, so we've talked about buying shares, crypto, and a little bit about rates too. But going back to your journey out of all of these sort of options, what do you think is the best for people in their 20s to start now micro investing apps and i think etfs or index funds uh if you don't really know what to buy but you want to be diversified yeah so there's apps like spaceship raise comes pocket yeah mm-hmm. these are all like pretty decent ones that are out there my personal favorite spaceship everyone that i talk to i always like i want about spaceship so I'll download it i think that's now. the best place to start <laughs> Just spaceship. to be clear, are those oh brokers, right? Like, um, I'm not sure if I would consider spaceship a brokerage. Um, like, is it just a form of where you can go on the app and then you can trade through that app, right? What is spaceship? So there's two arms of the firm. Uh, one does superannuation, so you put your money with them, and and then your employer will deposit that 10% of your super that you're entitled to. Just spaceship, they spread it across the, the companies that they invest in. Right, okay, that makes sense. Right, okay. If you if you guys are not from Australia, listeners, just don't pay attention to that because I was talking to you. <laughs> well, I want to hear more about it. Yes, this is applicable yeah. to me. So the other part of spaceship is the part where you get the micro investing app, and you can and they have a bunch of portfolios. Um, Origin of Universe, yeah, that, and they all have like a different theme. So 
I'm not sure what Origin is. I know that Earth is like the in, the ethical investing one. So the companies that are listed mm. in that portfolio are like companies that Spaceship deems ethical. And then oh, there's awesome. the yeah, and then there's the growth one, which is like companies that they think have significant growth opportunities. Um, mm. And personally, I invest in the growth one. It's the one that has the most significant returns. Um, mm. I think it's something like 30, 40 year on year or year to date Mm -hmm. something like that Mm -hmm. but generally that's enormous because like seven percent is like the average that I don't know like the S&P like goes up by year on year Mm -hmm. and so for something to be 30 to 40 percent growth year on year is enormous that Mm -hmm. means essentially your money like doubles like within two years I like the sound of that (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> using the rule of 72 so yeah rule of 72 is basically like i was just gonna ask it's like that yeah. sounds like astrology now like <laughs> different houses like oh my God. yeah rule of 72 is basically like you can kind of guess like when something's going to double by so something's like growing by like six percent year on year so 72 divided by six um what is that 12 so we know that that <laughs> i don't know why are you sounding so surprised by multiplication i'm very concerned yeah just anything to do with numbers just scares me <laughs> it would double within 12 years so we know mm-hmm. that like spaceship like roughly very roughly is current uh their universe portfolio is up by 36 percent year on year wow. so yeah 72 divided by 36 two years we I could so if, if you they... have a calculator <laughs> Uh, we can guesstimate that, yeah, um, the our money, like our initial money that we put in would increase by, uh, it would double uh, within two years, which is pretty awesome. So I think Spaceship is like one of the best ways to like invest, yeah, passively, passively invest, because I guess mm-hmm. you're not really like researching any of these like companies individually, you sort of like just give your money to Spaceship and then they do all the research for you um and they put your money into the portfolio it does well and then over time you can pull it out and the best part is they don't charge fees for your first five dollars so uh, i think spaceship is like for sure like something that like all the youths should be around um (laughs) once that's all sorted out i think uh real estate is the next step Um, i honestly andrew we might have to call you back just to have like a top-up course after this because (laughs) I'm like as confused as I was at the beginning, but in a more depth Informed way. <laughs> yeah. Angie, you've offered us so much wisdom today in one hour sitting. Do you have any final words of wisdom for us before we wrap it up? Any do's or don'ts? Yeah. So I, I guess patience is like the most important thing when it comes to patience. investing. It's not a way to get rich quick. I think the people that try to get rich quick actually end up very quickly poor. Um, Like if you can just like allocate your money over time, um, automate it. There's automation features in a lot of micro-investing apps. What does that, what is that? So that's like when it takes money automatically from your bank account no way you can do that yeah in, into um, the security so that's yeah so that's cool. like a, you're saying that's a good idea to do that right like every month just yeah but so only put in amount that you can afford, afford. To do yeah that. yeah yeah that's a good way to uh do lower cost averaging which is just the fancy way of saying putting your money routinely over time yeah just be patient and diversify. patience is key and yeah that's all but um thank you guys for having me on uh, are you kidding thanks fun. thank you for like no thank you this is so, so fun and interesting 
I'm gonna re-listen to this podcast like three, four times, and then like I'll be like, okay. <laughs> if right, it's anything it. <laughs> about um, economics, you can skip that part because I have no clue what I said. I'll just fast forward <laughs> during those bits. <laughs> Thank you so I much. I have no um, about printing more money. I genuinely thought it was all the same thing about like... I'm going to have nightmares about this. Angie, I hope I get to meet you in person after lockdown. Me too. Um, I'm looking like, forward to it. Yeah, we'll FaceTime you, Gibran, or something. But, um, I'm going to keep pestering her <laughs> for free advice. I'm kidding. <laughs> You're not, though. Well, then, I'm <laughs> happy to share wisdom. I'm shouting. I'm shouting advice. coffee. Hopefully the listeners have learned a lot as well and and it pushes and motivates them to get investing or at least yeah. get thinking about it. So thank you so much and yeah. see you next time. Yeah, you. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.